What is up, everyone? It is episode 10 of the Main Stand podcast. The first episode, we are all in Maine. Your boy's back in Maine from Minnesota. I have my co host with me, Mitch and Pat. How are you guys doing this week? What are you doing? Oh, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We're living. We're getting through it. It's been a great week. A lot of footy. We got some, some Champions League to cover, a huge week in the Premier League. So, got a ton of stuff to cover today, honestly, guys. Uh, We'll get right yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so, yeah, I think the first thing to hop right into housekeeping with here is uh, Fan Therapy Works. Um, Tottenham won their game. Newcastle, back, or not Newcastle, holy shit. Minnesota United, the other United, back in the, in the winning form, too. Uh, yeah, so... How crazy is that? It's it, it it's like you complain about your team and on our podcast, you speak your anger into existence and then your team start winning games. Yeah. So basically, if your team sucks and you want to be a guest, hit us up in the DMs and uh, we'll get your team back on winning form. Well, at least get you one win. You'll get one win. You'll get one win on the bounce. Yeah. Airing your of- grievances is proven to work. I don't care about Tottenham's loss tonight in the Conference League. They did win against Newcastle after Farwell did the pod. We will get you the direct win after. If you have a big cup match, Champions League match, you need to win, hit your boys up. Yep, just get on here and start complaining about your team right before you have a big game. Needs to be done. Yes, sir. And the the big thing here, uh, yes, Minnesota United, my, my club. Uh, winning two on the bounce, Austin and Philly. They're up to sixth place in the Western Conference with the MLS. Looks like we're going to playoffs. We'd love to see that. Um, an update from last week to keep me accountable. Uh, we're going to keep track of my bets over time and see how successful they actually are. We went four for eight last week, boys. Got the Liverpool game right. I, think the, I took Liverpool minus one and a half. Leicester Man United over 3.5. Uh, that one had like what? Seven goals or six goals? Six. Uh, that's six. Yeah, yeah it was okay. four two. Leverkusen and Bayern. We took the over and we took the Juventus money line. Juventus beat Roma one nil. Those are the four we hit on. Um, we have seven picks today, so hopefully we do better. But we'll keep track of those every week and tell you guys how we do. Yee yee yee. Uh, so money is Josh raking in this season? Yeah. We'll <laughs> how much out. money did Josh Ricker make? Or lose you? Find out on the main stand. Uh, you guys are going to hop right into this weekend's reviews. There were some tasty, tasty results. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, Liverpool fucking murdering Watford? Yeah, that was fun. Salah does it again. Salah does it again, man. He is on absolute fire dumping five guys to slot in another fantastic goal um you know obviously bobby with a a nice hat trick in the right place at the right time you know those are five well-worked goals very well-worked goals liverpool is firing on all cylinders right now even against a side like watford like obviously it's a game we expect to go out and take the three points but like that, it's just – it's really refreshing to see. Uh, the, the boys are buzzing. Yes, sir. And I think what impressed me most about Mo Salah, besides the goal, was that hell of a pass he played into Mane for the first one. Outside of the boot, kind of reminds me of that one he had, uh, I think it was against West Ham last year. Just rolls it into Mane on the outside of his boot, hits him in stride. I mean, not many people in the world are making that pass, and you know we're lucky enough to have a guy who does that. Uh, nearly every week and the goal sensational he's simply the best player in the world right now uh, on current form and just undeniable it's a great match uh, you know Liverpool definitely looks like they're on the up I thought Trent played well too all around good performance and one that I was kind of a little bit worried about if I'm going to be honest because you know Renieri is coming in new manager uh, inspired Watford team. You think they might, uh, you know, give you a bogey or a hard result, but you know, Liverpool just walloped them at Vickers Road. And that's what, and that's where I was at last week too. Like I, I brought that up. It's like it's one of those games where you expect to win. It's a, it's a, it's a three points in your mind, but it's, it's one of those games where, where like if you go out and you just come out flat or you let your foot off the gas for a minute, 
Um, they'll make you pay. And I'm really glad they kept the foot on the pedal all 90 minutes. I mean, it, just a brilliant performance through and through, in my opinion. Yeah, and it flooded. I guess we'll talk about it right now just because we're kind of doing a Liverpool-Man City update just because, you know, these are the two clubs we talked the most about, really. Uh, it kind of flooded right into the Atletico match here this week. Liverpool won that one 3-2. Two goals from Salah, again, a brilliant goal. Uh, you know, it did take a huge deflection, but the the work to um, get by three Atletico Madrid defenders was phenomenal. Kite to hit the rocket. You know, and the resilience of that team to, to battle back and fight against, you know, Simeone's team's antics and you know how the, they kind of play it especially at home at the Wanda so to come out and get that uh three points and you know you start off the Champions League group with nine uh can't ask for better it's great to see going into a big match against Man U yeah uh, I thought you, you know, guys really good personally. I didn't I didn't get to watch the the Champions League game but just going back and looking at the highlights and the results it's just a massive, massive three points. I, it really does solidify our spot in the in the next round. It it opens up, you know, that fight for second and third, gives us a really comfortable spot in the group stage, and it it feels really good to go out and, on the road and do that. Um, especially where Atletico kind of gave it to us last year. Um, the resiliency there it was a, it's a well 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 worked three points there mm-hmm. in that game as well first time they've lost at home i believe in four years in europe and also first time Simeone has given up three goals in europe um, in his tenure at madrid so can't complain about that um, statement win yes sir pat uh give us an update on man city what have you guys been up to in the past week in the premier league and champions league man city did not kill Burnley like I thought they were going to just a nice convincing 2-0 uh, just looked very good all around the pitch it literally just felt like a 90 minute training exercise the result was never in doubt I was a little afraid that Cornet was going to snag one just because you know scored on us in the Champions League loss to them in Lyon a couple years ago so seeing a, a side that I hate as much as Burnley sign a player that it haunts me uh, is a little terrifying as as a fan of the club but just a convincing win against them at home uh, wasn't really anything too, too special. Not much too, too much to talk about uh, aside from the fact that Jao Cancelo is the best fullback in Europe right now, without a doubt I don't think that there is any debates. If we're looking at current form and, and what a skill set of a player is uh, Jao Cancelo is the best. Um, and then we go to the champions league and uh, we fucking murdered Bruges uh Mitchell saying that they might give us a tough time and then we rocked up to Belgium and put five by him listen here Miggs was just having his off day man probably didn't have his Rabina that Millie sent over to him because it's not it's probably not available over there you know he's just it was a rough day it was a rough day for Bruges and it was was okay I mean the better team won honestly Uh, yes we looked unbelievable we looked so comfortable in uh, this false nine system right now. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun to see. It's a good time to be a city fan. Um, really cool highlight of the Bruges game was Cole Palmer coming on for his UCL debut and then scoring his first champions league goal with his second touch. Uh, he's definitely one to watch for the future. Uh, I don't think he has a ceiling as high as Phil Foden, but I definitely think that uh, within the next couple of years, he's going to make himself a name and become a first team regular. I think he's, one of the more talented uh, guys in the EDS team for us. So a name to watch this year for sure too is uh, Cole Palmer. Um, And also Kyle Walker scored his first UCL goal, which was hilarious. Wow. Keeper and scoring goals. Good for him. He's the best player in the world. Uh, Everything. Josh, you think that uh, that second touch goal is that, that gave me kind of like Sturridge vibes, like that instant impact off the bench coming in, just, Banging in a goal, making an instant like see, impact. Especially out of a young player coming on, making an immediate impact. That's all you can ask. Um, also, you it know, helps that Bruges are dog shit. Yeah. Yes, they are. But Migs is goaded. No, undeniable. Uh, we got to, uh, you know, send a shout out prayers up to uh, the Man City fan too, who was attacked after the game by uh, yeah, Bruges yeah, fans. So yeah, absolutely. Shout that out as well. Yeah, you hate to see that, man. You really do. If you're going to football games to hurt other people, you know, you can fuck off. 
that's facts. You're not welcome. And then do you guys want to – let's we'll jump into the Prem and then we'll come back to the Champions League, I think. Uh, probably the best way to do things. Uh, this mm-hmm. game, I think, is actually the one – to talk about probably the most not surprising result of the weekend, but maybe the most significant result of the weekend. Leicester over Man United, four to two. Um, why? What is so? I get the Man United don't have a proper six, right? And Ole isn't the greatest tactician, but like, what is going on over there, man? Like. They're I don't think bad. I don't I don't know if a proper six solves the fact that they're only able to net, you know, one or two goals a game. They are an offensive powerhouse with the weapons that they have. You look at the team sheet and you would expect them to go out and net at least three a game. You know what I mean? Right. And is it is it all just not being able to say the right thing at the right time? Is he making the wrong decision? Is he like, is it, is it a training thing? Like there's gotta be something that we're missing in terms of what we're seeing that or hearing about that isn't, you know, there's just, I don't get it. You have so many weapons, you have such a good side and to go out and put out these consistent performances that are, are underwhelming something has to change. Well, there, there are definitely holes in that team too. And there I, are, I think- there are, but it doesn't solve. I don't think the holes are the necessarily necessarily the biggest problems right now. I think, I think the changes do need to come from the top. The changes do need to come from the, the front office and the coaching staff, because regardless of if you have holes or not, you, you have your team right now. There's no, there's no bringing anybody in to fix the problem. So you have, you have your team sheet set, you have your first team and you're consistently putting out these, these teams and making these um, changes on the fly that make no sense. That just make absolutely no sense that are not benefiting United in their, their, their run here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know what the best move is. Is it, is it a clean sweep? Do you bring in a new manager? Just, Do you, I think it's the coaching. I, I genuinely think that that's like the biggest problem that they have right now. Like, I don't think a new, a, a good coach puts them like in, in the echelon of like title contender, because I think that there are like, I don't think that they're like a super deep side by any stretch of the imagination. Like I mentioned, they need a six and they don't have like a consistently strong center back pairing. I think Varane and Harry Maguire, like, isn't a bad pairing. I think that's probably their best pairing that they can field, but when Varane has to, or not when Varane, but when Maguire has to be that guy, they struggle. He just is not a very good player. And, and he's fine defensively. He just has these like lapses, these just like poor decisions, a bad pass, like a weird defensive action. Uh, he, he just seems like he's always, he has an error in him. He always has an error in him. And I think that's ultimately like, their biggest problem at the back. And then they're like so heavily reliant on Ronaldo to score goals right now. I genuinely think that, that his signing ended up being more of a detriment than, than an actual aid to the side. I think his personality and what he brings is certainly good from like a business aspect, but I think bringing him in overshadowed a lot of the problems that they had last season that didn't get like directly, directly addressed. And now they're kind of starting to bubble back up to the surface. So but I, I genuinely think a new coach uh, turns this team around. It, it puts them in a much better position personally. It's like putting a, it's like putting a bandaid on a leaking pipe. Like it, it, it's not going to solve the issue, but it's, it's like, Hey, I did something, you know? And yeah. I mean, in, in terms of McGuire, like, yes, he, like he redeemed himself midweek in the game against Atalanta. Um, but he was the, cause of the position they were in you know it's there's a give and take and when you're going to spend that much money on a center back that hasn't produced he hasn't lived up to any sort of expectation for the money that's a glaring glaring red flag toward the front office and the decisions that they're making in terms of where they're spending their money 
And yeah, that's but where he's I, English, though. I, th- I think it's tough to just be like, ooh, Harry Maguire costs so much money. Why does he stink? Well, he's English. Like, Ben White cost 50 fucking yep. million dollars over the summer. Yeah. He He's not a $50 million player. Nope. Like, th- there's just like a, a premium tax on English players. And, and I don't, like, I, like, I wish that wasn't a thing because, I mean, Harry Maguire, 50, I, I mean, $50 million is a lot more respectable than the, the bag that he was given. Yeah, also, Man United is treating him like a true $80 million signing by giving him the captain's armband for a while last year, treating him like Man United royalty, when really he was, yes, he did score a goal against Atalanta, a good one, may I add, but he was the reason they got down, and he was also mm-hmm. very poor against Leicester. Uh, a guy of that caliber, you, you got to look at him and ask questions. And the thing comes down to, you know, Man United's recruitment, uh, Ed Woodward, I know he's gone, but you got to look at why they made these decisions. When we bought Van Dyke, uh, when City bought Dias, you guys, you know, you're buying the alpha, the guy that plays, you know, in the left center of defense, you know, where the strong attacker attackers are coming down. Um, that's just going to boss it and control the whole team from the back. Maguire is not that guy. Uh, I, I think Akula Bali is that guy. Maybe some other lads across Europe. Maguire is not. That I guy. think Maguire is the guy you put on I the think right next Ver- to him. I think Varane can be that guy if they get Varane right. a good partner. They're way better off at the back. Yeah, it's just uh, trusting Maguire just... to handle it himself. You can't do that. No, that and that's the problem. He's a liability on his own. Um, he looked all right in the three though when United played a, a back five for a little while, but I. I we can talk about that when we talk about Chelsea because I have so many gripes with the back five. Uh, anyway, speak great segue into Brentford versus Chelsea. So Chelsea going into Brentford, one uh, nil. Chelsea beat Brentford. Um, also, when I Afcon mean, happens, Chelsea are going to struggle without Mendy. Brentford would have won that game if Edward Mendy was not in goal. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Mendy might be the best goalkeeper in the Prem right now right on now, form. Absolutely current, not. On current form, yeah. I think he's but been the best can't. goalkeeper in, in the Prem for the past, like probably since he came into Chelsea and like really like solidified the starting spot. I, I think that everything that he brings to the table, I, I think Mendy's probably the best keeper in the Prem he's right an now. Absolute animal. And like the, I don't think there's been a more crucial signing in the Premier League in the last two years. If, no, if you can think, too. if you can, if you, if you, <laughs> the Diaz to City guys, we should Diaz to City's a, well, yeah, it's a, it's a, title. that's a phenomenal signing. But if you look at what Chelsea needed in order to propel themselves back to that conversation of title contender, it was a keeper. No, I was a manager. Let's just a, man, a, man, a, man, a manager, not yes. Frank Lampard running that team. But you can never win a game if you're letting in four goals every weekend. That's very true. Very true. Keppa is dog shit, and they yeah, backed him so for bad. way too long. So going out, getting Mendy at a very, very good price, he comes in, it, it's – it's night and day what you see in the comfort of that back line. There's a lot more composure for those, those defenders because they trust who is on the goal line now. Right. And yeah. and I think that is, that speaks volumes to Chelsea's success right now. So um, it's a shame that he has not been nominated for the balloon to or I, I know goalies are a different player, but uh, I'm pretty sure Allison was nominated, you know, a couple of years ago when he had that really good season when we won the, the UCL. I have no idea how Mendy wasn't. I mean, he's just a boss, and he was immense in that Brentford game. Mm-hmm. Stood on and, his head. He he looked great. I mean, I think this is a result we all kind of saw coming. I honestly thought Brentford was going to be able to to steal the extra extra point here out of this, but Mendy just decided to do what he does every fucking weekend and stand on his head. He no. eats balls for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And before we get Crazy. out of the Premier League here, too, uh, we also want to cover Steve Bruce, get first manager to be sacked in the Premier League this year. Uh, there's just so much conversation about who is good for this Newcastle side, who is the best manager out there now, who is willing to take this job, maybe leave their current position. 
what do you guys think of, of firing Steve Bruce? Does that make all the difference? Newcastle. I think it's harsh on him. I think it's harsh. I think it's harsh on Steve so Bruce, too. man. Like, I think he at least deserved a little bit of time. Like, all right, not a great coach. Let's just keep it a grip. Not a great. He's a great. I'm not going to get you relegated guy. Not not an amazing tactician. And I guess it's maybe a statement of intent saying like he's not getting the results that this new takeover, you know, might be calling for and, you know, wanting to like really push this new Newcastle project and bring in a new coach like as early as possible. If Steve Bruce isn't going to be that guy to like get these results on the back of this momentum of like this new money coming into the club in the summer. But I think at least give him the season, man. Like I think it's really, really harsh to sack him after that game and especially after losing to Tottenham like it's not like they want to it's not like they lost like to the fucking Norwich or something like that like it's they lost like they to didn't a good side. To Tottenham for a while either right they, they're right. right in that game and you know it, the, to fire them after two matches really like since you're in charge that just proves That's you were tough. looking for their first bad result and you knew you were going to sack him anyway and I feel yeah, bad this was... Steve Bruce came out and you know he's I get, yeah, he isn't a great manager, but he came out and said, you know, it's been really hard on me and my family, like to get called cabbage head and like tactically inept and all this stuff, like year over year, it's just tough. He's like, I haven't really been supported, like money wise, like I'm doing what I can with what I have. And that, that's pretty sad to see. I, like you guys said, I think it's a bit harsh. It was, yeah. it was for sure a decision that was made. I feel like before the pen was put to paper, when the financial takeover happened, they obviously have a direction that they want to go. And in order to do that, you need top tier talent across the board. And, you know, Steve Bruce, I, he isn't that he's not a pep. He's not a Jose. He's not a, a Klopp. but what are they going to do right now? What are you going to solve by sacking Steve Bruce at this point in the season? Like it's not, you're not going to go out and get your manager right now. Like there isn't much to choose from unless you're giving him the bag, but like, I don't know, like let him play out the season or at least a little bit closer to the, the winter transfer, unless they are targeting a big winter window. If they, if they're trying to do something, go get your manager Get him situated and figure out a plan of attack for December. That's the devil's advocate route. You know, you gotta you gotta think about like if you are gonna bring a new manager and eventually you want him to be his signing. It kind of cuts that time out where you could make some bad signings and be like, oh well, the, I didn't find those guys. Cuts that out right. completely. So I guess that kind of leads into our next question: Is who do you guys have as a favorite to, to sign as manager? I think it'll probably be Graham Potter. I That's am a great in the show. same boat there. Are you really doing that? If you know, Brighton's in fourth place right now, they have 15 points after eight games. I, I think like, it depends on how Brighton finish. I, I think that's probably good context to add is depending on how Brighton finish the season overall. But Graham Potter has an opportunity to do something with Newcastle very similar to when Mancini took over at City, had mm-hmm. that big summer, and then won a title a year. Like, I, I think he's got like there is potential that he could see that in the project and like see himself as that guy to propel Newcastle. It's it maybe on paper, it looks like a very horizontal or even like a slightly like downward diagonal directional move. I hope that makes sense to our listeners and viewers out there, how I'm trying to, to illustrate that. But I don't think that's totally the case. Um, if he's performing this well with Brighton too, with the tools that Brighton are giving him, imagine if now he can go into a Newcastle that are like, here's a $150 million war chest this summer. What do you need to play that football here? Mm. Like that's tempting. It's tempting to, to really want to prove that you can do it. And a club that can give him that amount of, financial backing to build a side it's a tempting offer i could see him taking it i think the other ones to shout out lucy and farve uh and oh 
I just had the name in my head. Uh, Fonseca, the one who managed uh, Roma last year. Uh, yeah. Took over I, I think Favre is a good shout, too. Yep. I think those are two kind of mid-level guys. Uh, Do you I think Southgate's in the conversation? An English guy. You don't think they're going English? No, I don't. If, if they do go with an English manager, do you think Southgate's in that conversation? No, simply because the World Cup is next year. I think Southgate's been a part of it long enough where he's like, no amount of money is going to, like, make me change this. Like, I want to take England to another World Cup. And, like, he has another shot to, like, really put himself in history forever. And I think he knows that. So I don't think any amount of money is really going to sway him. I know I mentioned his yep. name last week. But after thinking yeah. about it a little bit more, it's like, what's the motive, really? Yeah, I, I think it's tough to see Southgate moving like that too, at least right now. Maybe if like Newcastle's first manager doesn't work out, maybe yeah. maybe Southgate next. But right now, no, I think Southgate's definitely firmly with England until at least the end of the next World Cup. And there are some uh, some chirps that he may be going to Palace. So we'll see how that, that plays out. Um, I don't know. I think I think – you know, if things do change, like we, we've talked about the England national team, if things do change within that side, I think he, he becomes the front runner at that point. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to think. I, either, but, but like, I think obviously I, I think where we, where we are right now, there isn't going to be a change there. And, but I, I do think he has to be in that conversation um, just with, his his level of coaching experience there there is definitely going to be eyes on him there if things do change um in the near future before we uh before we think they do yeah i think we can move on now to uh some champions league highlights guys so what an exciting week of champions league football uh and it started on tuesday you know psg leipzig three two and Mbappe scores one Messi scores two Two fantastic goals, too. Paneka penalty. What do you guys think of yeah, that? Yeah, he's he is a player, man. Uh, that messy guy. He's he's pretty good, isn't he? Doesn't change anything good. for me. I still don't think PSG are going to win. I think it was a good win for them against Leipzig, you know, in Paris. But I, I, it doesn't change much for me. It's like I expect them to get out of the group stage, get a few nice wins, but I still don't think they get very far. No, I, I it, still think that they're losing to City when they come to England, and City are going to win the group. I'm still firmly in that belief. So. <laughs> Um, you know, Leipzig still did give PSG a pretty difficult time with all things considered Leipzig losing some big key pieces right before the champions league starts being able to put two in and, and really force a match out of PSG. Um, mm -hmm. I think speaks, speaks a lot to Leipzig's side and their willingness to, to really go out and get a result too. away from and home too in Paris, they forced that. And then American coaching in Mbappe and Messi, uh, Shout out to Jesse Marsh, future manager of the U.S. men's national team. Please come now, Jesse. We need you. Uh, we has got to go. Yeah, we already covered Atletico Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool top of that group. Surprising um, the AC Milan on zero points. Uh, that isn't one I, I, I expected. Uh, especially after nope, I don't games. think any of us did. But Yeah, especially with that. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, like, the Champions League aura, like the clubs that really have it in the, in Europe. Uh, I thought they would have turned up. You know, I know they've had a few unlucky results, like against uh, Madrid and Liverpool especially, but zero points is a little bit tough. Um, That's rough. Uh, yeah. Another pretty <laughs> surprising Champions League result was Ajax putting four past Dortmund. Somebody figured them out. Yeah. Ajax is such a tough one, isn't it? Because we don't we don't see them every week, and we know they're an exciting side. Um, you know, they put a ton of goals in, you know, in the Netherlands. But when they come to Europe, it's always like a coin flip. Uh, they look good. Really they look good, look man. Good. Ten Hag has them playing fucking fearlessly. I think that they're a dark horse to knock a couple teams out in the next round. I, I definitely think they're getting out of the group, especially after that result. Um, I wouldn't write them off. I, I think that whoever they play in the round of 16 needs to respect them or they're going to lose to them. I will say, I do think this is a little bit of a less of a Testament Ajax and more of a shame on Dortmund, uh, not to take anything away from Ajax, you know, it's a great win for them and stuff, but the Dortmund team never changes. Does it, man? I mean, ever since Klopp, no. it's always like 
so close and it's like this is their year you know they start off the Bundesliga with a big win or however it goes it's the same thing man uh, they've just like not looked great this year they started pretty flat in the Bundesliga they've like picked it up a little bit but they just don't look super good uh, I definitely don't think that they're keeping Holland for another year uh, Mans is definitely fucking off this summer I don't know if they're going to keep Bellingham I can maybe see one rate- more year at this rate, man, and like the with the Premier League market, and like you know how competitive it is right now in terms of like there's like four clubs like at it, ready to win a title right now. How many teams are going to be at him this summer, like giving him a bag? Yeah, that's true. There are definitely teams that can use him as well for sure. And he's a homegrown um, talent, so he fulfills one yep. of those spots in your team. I mean, it's like you yep. get value out of that. Yeah, it's like it's like almost a no brainer for some of these sides that need a that need the homegrown talent too. So I, I guess it'll be interesting to see. I'm not hundred percent sure I'm totally sold on him dipping out just, just yet. I think he might do one more year in Germany, but I guess we'll see. Um, next game, man, United three, Atlanta two. We talked, we chatted about this a little bit when we were talking man United and getting piped by Lester. Um, pretty fortunate result for them. Uh, Harry Maguire kind of bailing him out, scoring a goal, and then Ronaldo scoring a goal off the bench in the 80th minute. Um, I don't know, man. Ronaldo scoring goals. Man United really like to make things interesting, but I, I'm just like not – I'm still not like particularly convinced by the side. Um, I'm sad that Atalanta just are not doing what I thought they'd do in this group and getting any results. No, they look a little bit off. Nah, their offense isn't quite as – um, I mean, they scored two goals against Man United, but so I, I can't really say too much. But uh, their offense is definitely dullable a little bit. You know, um, Zapata's playing well, but, you know, Ilicic and, uh, oh, Ruiz, I think. Behind them, they're not really kind of kicking it off like they have been in recent years. Yeah. They were the top scoring look- side in Serie A for three years in a row. I think they now they have the, the six most goals in Serie A so far this year. So they're not quite kicking it off. Uh it's a lucky win for Man United. I mean, uh, Ronaldo's inevitable. It, they knew it was coming. See it from a mile away. Atalanta kind of came in the second half, well, I think, a little bit with their head held too high. Uh, yeah, I will. I definitely do think that Man United deserve praise for this game. Fighting back from a two-goal deficit is never easy. So definitely, like, it's it's a pretty good show of mental strength to be able to battle back from something like that, especially in Europe, too. Um, the despite, only you know, daughter right now, right? So, like, he loses a game against Leicester, almost loses. Like, that's like he is on the edge of the cliff right now, almost losing to Atalanta, especially in the Champions League where they're at, not a great position. Uh, You're starting to see one end go way down. And I think this Liverpool match, you know, even though they won against Atalanta, this Liverpool match coming up this weekend, if they lose, I I think he's done. I mean, in this Atalanta match, how, how do you set up your tactics that bad in the first half? Where you go down 2-0 against Atalanta, I get they have a great offense and whatever, but how do you not score a goal or show any heart? Or uh, The tactics are just dead, and the starting lineup dead. I just don't understand, like, his thinking process, and I think it was on full display here. Uh, it's just one more, you know, step in the wrong direction for him. Yep, unfortunately. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to say unfortunately because I never want him to lose his job. I'm all in for life. <laughs> uh, last game in the Champions League to chat about is just a quick little 1-0 down here. Juventus won, Zenit nil. Juve turned it around, man. Or not turning it around, but yeah, Juve just basically being like, yo, fuck the main stand. <laughs> we heard what you guys said about us. You won no wins against Chelsea, uh, Zenit, and Roma. Uh, this one was late. I yep. think they scored in the 86 minute. Uh, Something you like know that. Yeah, it, it came late on. Yeah, and we've talked about it. Their defense is tight, man. They they don't let in many goals. It's their offense, and you know they're scoring enough right now, which is all they yep. really need to do. Uh, I'm kind of on the Juventus bandwagon a little bit right now. I think they're doing fine. Well, I don't like them just personally, so. <laughs> It's more of a personal thing at this point for why I'm rooting against them. Understandable. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Europa League slash Conference League? Because there was actually a couple of hilarious games in that. You mean the first Losers Champions League? Let's do it. Well, and first and second, second Losers, losers Champions League. First and second, yeah. yes. Leicester scoring four 
in a 4-3 win over Spartak, Patson Daka scored four goals. That's sick. I love that shit. Yeah, he scored the last goal against Man United, didn't he? Uh, that lad, man, yeah, so I was, I was kind of impressed by that signing. And, you know, I liked him a lot there. He was linked with Liverpool for a while, like last year. Uh, what a player he is. And I, I think he's going to get some uh, running games uh, for Leicester as a result of this. Absolutely. Yeah, good good result for Leicester, too. Honestly, that's a good, good yeah, result they, for them. They haven't started off the prem, you know, uh, where they should be. They're kind of in the mid-table right now. So, uh Seeing some good performances in, uh, you know, in Europe. Good for them. Yeah, for real. I, I, I tend to root for English clubs uh, in the Europa League for the most part. Um, so I, I do like seeing Leicester win that game. Another big, big English win was West Ham beating Gank 3-0. That was a good one, too. Yeah, I have a little softball for West Ham lately. I don't know why. We need to get They're our fun, friend, dude. Uh, yeah, we need to get our friend Lucas on the pod from the Netherlands. I know they play Liverpool on November the 7th. Maybe we'll do a little preview with him. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, West Ham look good. Their defense is just – I feel like watching them, it's like I just trust their uh, defense in midfield. Like, I don't feel, like, worrisome. They're just so solid. And then you have Antonio mm-hmm. on top, and he's just – Clean as a little man. Well, well, you have to trust your defense in this game when they scored two out of the three goals. You know, you you have two defenders netting goals, and who was who scored the third? Jared Bowen. Bowen. Jared Bowen scores the third goal. So you you you're getting production when 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 you when you have Antonio start as hot as he has, obviously cooled off a little bit, but they're still being able to produce on other parts of the pitch. And I think that's massive um, for them. Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, you know, West Ham isn't, isn't a, isn't like one of the t- top six by any means. So it's, it's, it's a good secondary club to look at and say, they're fun to watch. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are putting out a really good product um, and they're, they're working well together. It's, it's just a really fun team to, to kind of like, throw on throw on and and watch a really exciting game and uh to be able to bang three pass gank is pretty nice mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. and we got some conference league games too and the, the conference league is kind of panning out exactly like how we thought it would which is managers not really playing their full strength team and then you know inevitably getting upset by teams that have no reason to be challenging them in a game uh, the first one, Tottenham losing to Vitesse. I'm probably butchering that. Uh, sixth place in the Netherlands right now. Uh, and then be fair, Chelsea's Tottenham, Tottenham lone still, club. Yeah, Tottenham still started. Um, Eli Alley, uh, the the Gill kid on the right side, and uh, Bergwine on the left. So it's not like they were really resting everybody. They did play some youngsters, but uh. Wow. I mean, it's just Spurs in a nutshell. And then Roma fucking dropping 6-1. That, that is insane, man. I have both feet in my mouth from last week. I have both feet in my mouth. How is Moo going to go out there and dump 6-1? I'm going to be honest. I don't know where this team is from. Glimped. I don't know either, but they rotated. Mourinho, like I read his the some quotes from his press conference like two two hours ago, two hours ago, just about anyway. Uh, and he was like, he put all of the blame on himself. He was like, yeah, I rotated. Uh, the eleven I started was nowhere near as good as the eleven that they started. Um, didn't really respect the opposition, and we got punished for it. Yeah, uh, and Glimped is Norwegian. Did come on though. Yeah, but one, so one of their like regular players, and I think he came on to their already like four one down. Yeah, that's tough, but it's uh, a conference uh, league, man. <laughs> Glimt is Norwegian. Norwegian. Up the up Glint up Bodo slash Glimt. I don't know why is the slash whatever. I I don't know. I have no idea. If, if somebody that. out there is Norwegian and you're a, a Glint supporter, let let us know, please. I, I'm curious. 
What what's with all these teams coming out of the woodwork this year? Like, what happened over the last two years of COVID that you, we have Sheriff Taraspol coming out of of nowhere, hyphen FC or backslash FC? Like, what are we doing? Well, the the backslash FC comes from just expanding European conference play, just adding an extra league, just UEFA, just being like, you know what, fuck it, let's do another one. We didn't get the Super play. League, but we got we got the Conference League. Speaking of new teams and clubs that just seem to come out of nowhere, Vitesse, the team that just beat Tottenham, their next game is against a team called Go Ahead Eagles. Yeah, the Go Ahead Eagles. Yo, there. That's yeah. It's the air divisi, dude. That's the weird. I I don't know why. I love that club. I don't know a single player on it, but I love their name, the Go Ahead Eagles. That shit is sick. Could you imagine if they had just exclusively fans from New York? Go ahead. Go ahead, Eagles. Go ahead, Eagles. Uh, all right, you guys want to hop into the preview for this weekend? Let's chat about some of the the games going on here. Let's do it. Um, all right, so always now being incorporated into our weekend picks, just as a reminder, after we chat about the game, old Josh is going to give his picks. Uh, so we're going to get our preview along with the lovely Rick's picks. And Mitchell and I will keep Josh very honest moving forward here to make sure that he doesn't lie to you about how good he Fucking is. Fucking 50%? Are you serious? Uh, first game on the docket in England, uh, is Chelsea and Villa. Actually, uh, I, I fucked up on this one. It is Arsenal, Aston Villa. I do not know why I wrote Chelsea. Oh what the God. fuck? No, so I wasn't even looking at his schedule. So I was just going off you having the notes, right? Chelsea plays Norwich. Uh, not worth talking about. I wondered why your pick was that. We, we'll get into it when you get yeah. there. But I'm Chelsea Villa the draw? <laughs> Unreal. Man, Arsenal, Aston Villa is kind of an entertaining one. It's a Friday kickoff. Uh, both of the teams are kind of like all over the place. Arsenal starting out with three losses. Uh, they're unbeaten in five in the Premier League, but still kind of just like all over the place. The results are even winning aren't good. Uh, a draw against yep. Palace on Monday. And then Aston Villa has won like two out of their uh, five last Premier League games and kind of not performing to where we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. This one's yeah, so it's, yeah, it's it's Arsenal trying to keep form and Villa trying to get some form back. So it's two teams that probably can really use these three points for just like the good of their side. So yeah, that'll be a pretty interesting one, I think. And um, we kind of spoiled your pick, Josh, but uh, yeah. what, what what are the it's folks a, out here that a, looking to bet on this game? Yeah, we're doing a draw money line plus 270 odds, so obviously a real valuable pick. Uh, I'm kind of taking draw just because I think both of the defenses are a little bit of a shambles, but they have the offensive attack. To, you know, They're going to put a few goals in. I expect it's going to be 1-1, 2-2. One, one, uh, yeah, yeah, I was probably thinking it. I was thinking a 1-1 one, one as well. I could maybe, maybe see just form um, – I might I, – no, nah, I'm actually – I'm going to go against your pick, Josh. Uh, I'm going to give it – I'm going to say two on Arsenal. I think they're going to come away with the three points this weekend. I also so, have to agree with Patrick on this really? one. I do. Yeah, I, I think, think they're going to sneak it. I think form, I think they're going to sneak it. Villa don't look amazing at the back, and mm. I think Arsenal have just enough to come away with the three points this weekend, especially off the back of some pretty decent results, at least going through the league. My thing is that, you know, Emmy Martinez and goal going up against this former club, I feel like he's going to stick it to him and stand on his head. Right. And that's why I think that your draw makes a lot of sense. And then also I love that he went to Villa and said it was an upgrade from Arsenal. I fucking love it. <laughs> love it. I love Martinez. Uh, but I, I think Arsenal are going to be – they just like have a little bit more quality, I think, and they're in a little bit better form. I think they're going to just edge it. Um Moving into the next one here, Josh, is this one right? Did you get this this yes, next game on the notes right? Double All right, correct. Check. So ne next next one we're chatting chatting about here is Brentford Leicester. I, this one is fun. I think this game is going to be sick. It's I too think, hard to predict. I think I think it is. Um, you know, Brentford getting a couple of tough results over the last few weeks. Um, I think they're going to be looking to bounce back. Obviously, Leicester finding their footing. Um, one person from Leicester finding their footing uh, at the beginning of the week here, but I, I don't know. Uh, this, this one is a toss up to me. And I, I think, I think Brentford could end up 
pulling a draw out. I don't necessarily think they'll get the three points here. Um, but uh, I, I see a, I see a two, two, three, three draw. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And, it, you know, it's in Brentford at the community stadium there. It's shown early that that's a great environment tough to play in. Uh, you know, they did Brentford don't lose many games. This is the thing up, you know, we're really starting to notice that they stay in games based on their electric offense. Right. And, you know, Thomas Frank has been a great manager so far in the premier league in his, you know, first eight games. Uh, I think it's a fascinating managerial matchup with him and Brendan Rogers. Uh, but Leicester's form, mm-hmm. just, it, it's not impressive enough to just take them outright. Um, in the odds, Brentford is actually the favorite in this game to, to kind of show you, you know, where Leicester are at so far this year. Uh, where it's so close to club, not even going to take a, like an outright pick or even a spread. I'm going to go with Jamie Vardy to score because I think this game is wide open. I think this has like 2-2, two, 3-3 two, three, three written all over it. Uh, yeah. And Jamie Vardy to score plus 150. I mean, that's insane value for the for the goals he's put in the past five, six years. I mean, any any game for Vardy to score is uh, a decent bet. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm I'm leaning towards high scoring draw here too. So I think that's about that's about everything that needs to be said about that one there. Next up, we've got a bit of a London derby on yes, our sir. hands. We've the got the of bubble the blowers versus the chicken that stands on top of a ball. We're talking West Ham and we're talking Tottenham. Lads, what do we think about this guy? I'm West taking Ham. West Ham. They're just too solid. We, we have to start recognizing West Ham is not overperforming. David Moises took this side from the West Ham they used to be to the West Ham they are now. They're just a good team now, man. And they're solid. Yeah, he's transformed them. Yeah. They're just a solid team. And they are a better team fundamentally than Tottenham. That's just a simple fact. Tottenham are the bigger club because they have a bigger stadium, more sales, whatever. West Ham are the better team right now. So I'm going to go West Ham, uh, money line, plus 145, great odds. Yeah, especially at home too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think West Ham just edge it. I, I don't know. Tottenham are really tough to call lately. Um, I don't know. I'm like – I'm kind of torn on this one Antonio here. Antonio didn't play tonight. Uh, either that means he has fresh legs or that there's a uh, lingering injury that we might not know about. Yeah, uh, so that's a little a bit of a mess. problem for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be tough. That would be tough for them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to West Ham. I think I'm going to say 3-1. Th- I'm going to say 3-1 West Ham this yeah. weekend. I'm going to go 2-0 West Ham. I think Tottenham get one. If, if Tottenham get one, it's I, I feel like it has to come from Sun. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, West Ham's defense has looked really, really strong. Mm-hmm. They're working well together, and I think they're going to be able to hold them off. It, it, I'm, I'm leaning to 2-0, but 2-1, I think, is the more realistic scoreline in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, final game of the weekend, uh, Man United versus Liverpool. Um, before we get take? into the preview, I would just like to ask Liverpool to take one for the team, please, and keep Ole's job. You want my hot take, Pat? Yes. We're not going to do that. I think we're going Wasn't to come a hot up. take. You're supposed I, to kill him. That's why I'm asking you to take one for the team. I mean, I, th- I think this is, again, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record for the, like the fourth week in a row, but this is another one of those games where yes, Liverpool could go out and sit back and, and let in a couple of lazy goals and lose it or, or drop points. I don't necessarily think they're going to lose. I think outside of a win, it'll be a draw, if anything. But I think we go out and have a very similar score line to what we have this past weekend. I, I think do we not score, think that you. I think we. I think we put. Them. I think we put four by him. That's, that's and that's why it's the hot take. I think we come out and steamroll the fucking shit 
out of at United. Old Trafford. You think you're gonna put yep. four by them at yep. Old Trafford? Yep. We put I four by them at Old I'm Trafford last two, two. spring, man. We put four by them at Old Trafford last spring. Salah capped it off with a nice little goal. Not impossible. I'm it's saying not impossible. Two, two. I'm saying two two. This game just feels like a draw. If there's one thing Ole can, if there's one thing Ole can generally do, it's get Man United up for big games like this. If there's one thing that he's good for, it's getting them up to play teams like Man City, teams like Liverpool, teams like Chelsea. It's just getting them to play all right in these big games. But he hasn't had to do it yet. He hasn't had to do it yet this year. He's done it multiple times over the past couple of years. I just don't – I'm saying 2-2. Two, two. The thing is, it doesn't matter because he, does, he doesn't have to do it, Mitch. Uh, Ronaldo is going to be the one in that dressing room doing it because he's been – Exactly. He's been in that environment where, you know, Liverpool and Man United are right at the peak of their powers going at it. He's going to be the one giving the locker room speech, and he's the one I'm scared of. I'm not scared of what OGS is going to do in the locker room before the game. I'm scared of the speech Ronaldo's going to give. He, he's going to put the the fear of God into those players in the locker room. Uh, and I, I do think he'll probably score a goal, too. Uh, you know, Liverpool's not keeping many clean sheets right now. So, ultimately, uh, I do – I kind of agree with Pat. This one has drawn all over it, especially at Old Trafford. We know Liverpool's record at Old Trafford in recent years. They were lucky to get a win there last season. And, you know, that's great. Um, I already wrote about this game and I already took a pick, so I'm going to stick with it. My basis on the pick is that you don't bet against a player at the peak of their powers. Uh, and that player is Mo Salah. I'm not going to bet against him. I think he will score um, enough goals uh, or make a big enough impact where Liverpool – uh, do not leave Old Trafford without three points. Uh, I have the Liverpool money line plus 130. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a close one to call. And, you know, I might be a little biased. Uh, Man United will have Marcus Rashford, obviously, in the team. He was involved in the, the, the Champions League game against Atlanta and scored a goal. Uh, he always seems to do well against Liverpool. So I think he'll give Trent some problems. Um it will be an open game. It won't be easy for Liverpool. Um, I do think Liverpool's offense is very much better, and I think their defense is better too. Uh, it's tough, but I think Liverpool win. 2-2. Two, two. I'm saying 2-2. Two, two. Mitch is saying 4-0, and Josh I'm is just saying, yeah, Liverpool are going to win. Um, moving outside, we're going to go hop on a jet plane, grab your passports. We're going around the world for a few, uh, fixtures this weekend that we think you should check out. Josh, what do you got? Yeah. So the first one's El Clasico, right? Uh, biggest Yo, game. this fixture, I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh, but oh, this fixture good. feels like dog shit right yeah, now. It's, it's I like literally El don't has care nothing. about it. El Clasico is not El Clasico anymore. We had El Clasico two weeks ago. That was Liverpool Man City, right? I For mean, real, man. It's just like this fixture does not have the same fucking – d- I don't know. That d- doesn't make my fucking nuts tingle thinking about El Clasico anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah, Real Madrid's going to steamroll them, right? I mean, no chance Barcelona wins that game. Yeah, I think Madrid are going to beat – I don't think they're going to kill them, but I think Madrid are definitely going to win. Here's a good thought-provoking question for you, gentlemen. When is the next time Barca wins in El Clasico? I mean, they could win. It's not like they're down. Well, okay, they are kind of down bad, and they do kind of fucking suck. But I don't know, man. Like, a couple years. I don't think Madrid are just going to – it's not like Madrid are this fucking – like Powerhouse, no. By any powerhouse means. team like both teams like both teams are like i they're like, like madrid are definitely the better side and kareem benzema is one of the best players in the world right now so i definitely think that they have the both the momentum and the talent but i i, I don't know maybe when barca get a little bit less debt they might start figuring it out again but it just feels like a, like, a, like a narrow Madrid win or a comfortable Madrid win. Not really a drubbing, but like 2-0 Madrid. Barca maybe put up a fight, maybe don't. Maybe Komen gets sacked after losing El Clasico. I, I don't know. This this fixture has just like lost so much of its like 
watchability and I don't know to me it just doesn't feel like the same fixture as it did when it was like Messi and Ronaldo battling it out you know I agree this feels more like the Tyneware Derby now like it's just I feel like so much there's there's just not enough there to be like this is the fixture in La Liga like it's just it, it feels dull it feels like just another game and obviously i think we're all leaning toward uh <laughs> one side versus the other i know pat you're a big barca guy josh was a big barca guy before they blocked him i'm not i uh, let's just get one thing you're clear. a big messy guy i'm you're a big messy guy i'm a messy fan. you're a messy not guy. a barca fan however however i just i mean I feel like this sucks for soccer. I, yeah. I know we keep coming back to this, but like El Clasico is one of those matches for the last 15, 20 years that you just wait for. And obviously we would have a different opinion if we were living right outside of the Bernabeu or camp now, like that is, that is a for sure a, a big, big reasoning to how we feel about this. But like, I don't know. There's just no buzz. There's no. It just doesn't feel like the biggest fixture in the world anymore. It's as simple as that. It just doesn't, it's doesn't have that feeling anymore. I mean, it's it it's also feels kind of like a changing of the guard too. Like maybe in a couple of years when when both of these clubs kind of like get back to where they were, mm-hmm. it'll feel a little different. Yeah. But like like as of right now, Barca is not the Barca of old, and Madrid are kind of starting to falter. Like. I don't know. We grew up watching this Messi and Ronaldo rivalry at or in El Clasico. And then like, that's what we really knew El Clasico as was Messi versus Ronaldo Madrid versus Barca Pep versus Mourinho. It had all of these like super enthralling storylines and like 22 of the best players on the fucking planet. And now it's fucking Martin Braithwaite might start for Barca this weekend. Like, that's where the fixture is right now. Memphis Depay versus Kareem Benzema. Uh, Worldy of a matchup. Yeah, so I have Real Madrid in this one, plus 150. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, Move over to Italy, my favorite league uh, this season, even though they're disappointing in Europe. Uh, Roma-Napoli is the first one. This one's a pretty intriguing matchup. I have over 3.5 goals in this, mainly because Victor Ottoman's just banging in goals for Napoli and Roma kind of letting him in the back end. Just screams like it's going to be a goal fest. Yeah, that's spot on. Uh, oh, I've, I've been liking Osimhen this year a lot. Uh, I liked him at Lille uh, yeah. the previous year, so he, he's definitely a, a pretty good player. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a fan. I like him. So. And I have uh, Inter Juve is another big one in Italy this weekend. I actually have the under 2.5 goals in this one. Just Juventus I think that's probably. Goals. Yeah. Narrow score was... lines, man. Plus one, tight two. Yeah, that, that feels like the safest pick, honestly, here. And, and I don't see this game being any more than a 2-2 draw. If that, like, I could maybe see Juve sneaking another 1-0, especially just, like, with the form that both sides are in. Um, but I, I, yeah, yeah, nah, I, I think a one nil or a one, one, but I don't think there's going to be three goals in this game. No, that's, that's all the matches we had to cover this week though, guys. Uh, do, do we have anything else to add here at the end of the show? I think the, uh, the hot take that I maybe previewed before is a mid season hot take. I don't think okay. it's a sit. On I don't it. think it's an early season hot take. I'm going to let it marinate a little bit here. Sit on it. No, I don't. I don't have anything really else to add um, for this upcoming week. I think you know it's a typical week after the UCL uh, and UEL. Like it's just gonna. There's there's some steaming matchups. Obviously, I am so excited to watch Liverpool United. Um, I'm really really excited to watch that Brentford Leicester game, um, and I'm excited to see Fiorentina. You know, charge back up into the top four. I'm sick of you. I'm sick and tired of you. They're I playing Pagliari. They, games. They, they're playing, playing a bottom of the table side. You know, they, they are kind of catching the red card bug the last few weeks. The boys in purple will turn it around. We're only six points out of 
the uh, the top four. So, or no, three points, three points out of the top four. Um, one more thing to note. Yes, three points is uh, MLS playoffs coming very very Ooh, soon. Yes. So there's going to be some coverage from the main stand on the MLS playoffs. Expect some potentially live coverage from Foxborough from your boy while the Revs are in the playoffs. So you never know. You take over, baby. Fuck yeah. Let me get on the Jumbotron. I'm maybe get kicked out all at the same time because they're definitely not letting me on there. <laughs> Boys, when are we making main stand flags? Ooh. I need one. It's coming. Scarves. That too. Ooh, Josh, I think Josh, that's, that's Josh is horny for scarves. Oh, I am. Josh is always horny for scarves. Give me some Roman right. swipes for some scarves. Roman, no free ads, but hit us up. We'll uh we'll start. We'll start planning the scarves and the flags. Uh, we'll we'll keep this riffing going off episode here. I think it probably is about time for us to wrap this up. So if you made it this far into the episode, make sure you like, you share, you tell your friends to listen to it. If you're watching us on YouTube and you're not just listening to the podcast, like, comment, subscribe, share the friend. And then smash that motherfucking notification bell to know whenever we post videos, baby. And Pat, I think uh, you know we're, we're on video, we're on YouTube right now. I think it's time for you to fulfill your promise for people who made it this far into the episode. Give them a little smooch, Pat. Give give everybody a little kiss. There you go, awesome, guys. Amazing. We will see you all next week. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to, what, episode 10? Episode Episode 10 10 of the Main Stand Podcast. Technically 11 episodes, but it's episode 10. Stupid fucking episode zero. Okay, boys, we'll see you next week. (laughs) I'll catch you guys in the next one. Deuces.